So, we've reached the end of our show. Thank you guys once again for listening. Please, please, please leave any questions or feedback on Facebook on Craig Clark King Mindset or Instagram on Craig underscore Clark underscore King underscore Mindset. And that's on Instagram. Please, please, please. I love your feedback. I want to hear from you. I want to hear anything you have to say, positive or negative. Watch it on the negative. But um, yeah, please feel free to share this with anybody you feel may need this. You'll be doing them a favor and you'll be doing me a favor at the same time. See you next time. Peace. So we're here with a film now that I watched when I was younger. And I did not know that this is based on a true life story. And so a lot of this film, when I took it in, I thought there was a lot of cleverness. I like the way the film was shot. You know by the title what the film is. And if you've never seen the film before, my advice is you go out and watch it. But it's one of these films where it's a classic. And I didn't even know that it was directed by Bill Duke. Now, if you don't know Bill Duke, he's this big black guy that you see in most of the 80s and 90s films. Um, He was in Predator. Yes, he was in Predator, the first Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you'll know who I'm talking about because the other black guy in that film would have been Carl Weathers. So just talking about this film on its own is is really, it's, it's, it's brought back some memories to me. And so I had to watch the film. I had to look through the film. It was something I'd, I, I was sat with my sister one time and I, I was just, I think it was this last week I was sat with my sister and I said oh yeah this film is available now I can watch this I was about to download it or um, buy it and watch it but uh, it became available on Amazon Prime I believe it was so um, I decided to watch it then a lot of my films I do review I, I actually got on either purchase or I'm watching it on either Disney Netflix or something like that but yeah so but this film, it brought back a lot of memories for me. Um, I especially liked one of the songs in the soundtrack. Um, and if you listen to the soundtrack of the film Hoodlum, the film, there, there's quite a few songs down there that are quite good. But one of them in particular, in particular you would hear and you know, and it's one of my favourite f- songs. But going to this film and looking at it, like if I start to break it down a little bit, like I said, it was directed by Bill Duke and it's starring Lawrence Fishburne. Tim Roth, Timothy Roth, who's been in countless other films. You might have seen him in even um, one of the Hulk movies. Uh, Vanessa Williams, who you don't really see her around these days. I think the last thing I remember her seeing her in was Desperate Housewives. I think that was the last thing I remember. She might have been in some other things, but I've not seen her in a while. Uh, Andy Garcia, he's somebody you don't really see as well. Queen Latifah, who everybody knows. And Loretta Devine, who she's been in countless movies like the preacher's wife and stuff like that but you'll you'll see a lot of in this film all these stars come together and there's other stars in the film there's films that stars that are probably not mentioning mentioning because i don't really know them as well but these are the main ones that stood out for me because i know them and i've seen them in other films and uh, i i kind of got some kind of background history to what they've other films they've been in but this film is it follows the story of bumpy johnson and Bumpy Johnson was a gangster who came out back in the day in Harlem in America. And 
he was somebody who was actually trying to do good for the community, but ended up doing a lot of gangstorial things. So I don't even know if gangstorial is an actual um, thing that you could use, a word you can use. But it, it follows his life and it gives you a very good depiction of what his character was like, even though he probably didn't look anything, I'd say probably, but he didn't look anything like Lawrence Fishbourne. Um, he actually looked a lot different than him, but the, it gives you a patrolling, patrolling look into his his life. And they may have fabricated one or two things he has to do and usually do in films because they need to make things uh, feel a bit different or be a bit more dramatic and everything. But I believe it follows the, the story quite good. So it comes, it comes to a point where Bumpy Johnson in the story, he comes out of prison in the 1930s at some point. And back in those days, like there was a great depression. There was a great thing where like all like black people in that area at that time weren't being treated as well as we're doing now, especially like Harlem is the beginning of the Harlem Renaissance and all everything that was going on in there. So a lot of the jazz music was coming out of Harlem from a lot of black people. And then they were being um taken and their music was being taken from them and all that kind of stuff you had things that were going on very racially in that area now i'm not from america so i don't know the ins and outs deeply and i've not done a lot of research into america at that time but i did do a little bit just for this show because i i like to be on point but there were a lot of going things going on i think the war just come out of the war i believe and um there was some things that were going on in there that were not particularly nice to black people now imagine black people have had that history where they've come out of slavery their freedom they've come out into trying to enjoy their life times are tight times are changing and so black people are starting to develop themselves into a place where they can actually start making stuff like black wall street and so around that time or just before that time black wall street got closed down every time black people were trying to pull themselves together to make themselves into a certain way um, have a good community and stuff then they would have a lot of people who would come in and take advantage um around that time we had um people who were actually taking advantage of the the fact that black people were, in, were investing in themselves as a community and so they wanted to see part of those funds go back into other communities so i mean there was a lot of deep things going on in those times i i'm not a person that could explain it as deep as probably somebody who's from the area and knows the history a bit more richer than i do but the, it was something that um I, I looked into and i saw that it's quite deep and there's quite kind of a lot of things that went on around that time so around that time you had people who would do it running numbers and you had people who would look after those numbers or who were in charge of those areas just like how it would be with drugs and stuff but they were doing it with the number running so this is like a lottery for the streets where people would win a certain numbers at a certain time um, and they'd be able to get back some money so if everybody won all the numbers that they put in even though they're putting a few uh, dollars at that time into this thing um, if everybody won then there'll be a lot for people to pay out so it's one of these things where it was something that was good and bad for the community so imagine playing the lottery everybody's playing the lottery but like a lot of hopes were going into that so although black people had their you had a lot of musicians you had a lot of people who were going and becoming more educated and stuff like that those people who weren't doing that and weren't getting um 
I don't know, sweeping, cleaning jobs or cleaning shoes, whatever it is they had going on in that time. They, a lot of their money was coming from either doing other things such as, I don't know, just street business, street hustles and stuff like that. Not like how you see hustling now, but hustling back in the days was a bit, were a bit, was a bit different. Or they were actually working for somebody running numbers. So they get a payoff of that. Uh, and, you know, or they were actually playing the numbers game and winning pieces of numbers here and there. If there were a way to control it, there would have been, but there wasn't. And only certain people knew who the numbers were coming out. I don't know the, the ins and outs of it. I'm not going to try and pretend like I do, but I just know that it was something that was um, quite big in those times. And so you'd catch Bumpy Johnson coming out of prison and going to work for the Queen, um, who was a woman at that time, around that time, who was highly influential um, she was a rich woman in Harlem and she ran like the banking system for the numbers so he came out into that and he started helping her because you had another gang member well another you saw a lot of the white members of another gang whose name was Dutch the guy's name was Dutch who ran that gang he was in direct opposition to her so he was investing his numbers into that community as well as well as he was taking advantage of like a lot of the things that were coming out of Harlem in that time as well so he was getting rich off of black people and um, this is how the story goes so I'm just look, going by the film okay Um. so but he also had to answer to another crime boss who was above him or another banker, or I don't know how you would actually place these, but they were kind of gangsters because they would kill for to get what they needed or to move things around, which I won't speak too much on, but I, I have my own um, ideologies around certain things like this. But at the same time, we know that this is not how we are supposed to run things as people right now. So according to this law and according to how we run things, this is how we need to make sure that we are straight. We're doing things in a correct way and not trying to go down the road of illegality. So let me put that as a precursor before I go any further. But yeah, so during this time, you'll see that Bumpy Johnson, he's, he's gaining fame and he's gaining, gaining his um, his status by working with the Queen at this time. But you find that Bumpy also has eyes for a woman called Francine and a romance begins, as, as you would find in, in most movies like this. Uh, she sees the good in him. She sees the good side of him. But she also gets to know and see the bad side of his character and the things that he's involved in. And so this causes a conflict within the relationship. But at the same time, I mean, there was a point in the film where uh, because Bumpy Johnson was doing all these things and it, all these things um, escalated and started a, a gang war, which I'll go into a little bit in a bit. Like somebody came out to assassinate Bumpy Johnson and she was there at the time in his house. And it turns out that she had to turn around and kill the man that came in the house but at the same time you know that she did this out of self-defense and to protect him but like it, it was something that weighed heavy on the conscience and weighed heavy into their um relationship so it was something that really it, him being in these situations had a, it took its toll on his relationships 
So um, Francine was, she was this very clever woman, helpful. She was a nurse. She was helping out in the community and all that, as you're supposed to do. If you find a need within the community, you're supposed to answer it. You're supposed to do something about it. So anyway, after a rival Dutch who didn't like that, he didn't get what he wanted from the Queen. So he set up a, a meeting with the Queen and he was asking for certain things and she was like, no, you're not taking certain things from me and we don't want you involved in our business. He didn't like that. So he set up the queen to get killed. He tried to get her killed. And then what happens is this starts off a gang war. So Bumpy robs Dutch and the gang war escalates and everything that happens, it escalates. But the queen was trying to do things without trying to do it in a um violent way so she didn't want the war she didn't want the violence she didn't want it to be something that was like okay we it, it, it escalates or anything like that she had a certain way in which she wanted to deal with it bumpy saw this as like the queen is quite afraid and something that he probably has to step into and deal with himself but she really didn't want that to the point where it got to a point where she got arrested and she got put in prison because um, she got the police were on the side of like the guys that were in the opposing gang, so the white gang that were out there, um, Dutch. So Dutch had the police underneath him, and he managed to set her up in a way where she got caught with certain things, and yeah, it was it wasn't good. So she got taken away to go to prison for uh, two three years, something like that. But in the meantime, this left Bumpy to Queen. He left Bumpy to take over and the the banking and to make sure that everything was running until she got back out. So it, it from there, even though Bumpy tried to run things in the way Queenie wanted to, the Queen wanted to, it couldn't help but just do things in a certain way because people were getting killed, people were getting taken, the police were driving like the rest of the community mad it was going down to all out war especially when the police got involved it was proper proper like they arrested queenie for like i think it was for gambling i think for yeah for gambling the quarter with some numbers or something like i can't remember but bumpy has to navigate through all of these things and so it gets to a point where Bumpy finds out exactly where Dutch's major income is coming from, which is something about um, alcohol. So he had to go there and blow up. He went and blew up the where his main income was, uh, and it caused it caused Dutch to really react in another way. So Bumpy, even though he did all this, once again it gets back to the relationship where Francine kind of like she's had enough of everything and she's picked herself up and said, you know what? I've had enough. I've got to leave. I can't take this. So she's left. And then because of what happened um, with the alcohol, blowing up his alcohol sellers or whatever it is it was doing, basically Bumpy's cousin got killed. And so it kind of like left, it made it even worse that Bumpy's cousin when he got killed, he had to think about a real good strategy to really get out of this. Uh, in this world, Bumpy just figures out a way to make Dutch and Lucky, who is the main overall gangster person, have to work together and sort, have to make 
Dutch and Lucky have to turn against each other. So because Dutch overstepped his bounds and killed somebody of Lucky's, Lucky had to step in and really wipe out his side of it. And then Bumpy was able to reserve back and watch everything fall apart while he just had to make certain deals and stay out of the way while that happened. So he set everything up and watched it fall. So, I mean, you're looking at this and looking at this film like that, there was a lot of themes going throughout the film. So number one, there's an oppression of people. Number two, there's racism, there's loyalty. You know, there's a whole load of like things we could go into. Like, So I'm going to try and go into the things that I saw that I liked and uh, it kind of helped me. When I, when I watched it when I was younger, but even watching it today, the things that I saw and the things that like kind of made me want to say, okay, in actual fact, I can use lessons from this to make my life a lot better, which is the, the, the basis of this podcast in the first place. So you see that Bumpy Johnson, back in the day, he was a prominent figure in Harlem, in the underworld, in the early to mid 20th century. He offered several valuable lessons from his life which I'm going to break down for you now so number one I would probably say he was a very resilient person and I'll say hard-headed a little bit but he he was also adaptable so he had to adapt himself to certain things so but he faced numerous challenges um but he was like it allowed him, when he faced these, these challenges, because of his adaptability and his resilience, he was able to like survive and even thrive in this environment, which was really, really tough for people at the time. Like I told you, there was a lot of racism going on. There was a lot of like the police just weren't helping people. There were <laughs> even Uncle Tom's. So you had the police... When the police showed up to one one of the um to Dutch's people, and one of Dutch's people was black, and he was a former gang member, so he used to own a lot. He's not gang member, but like he used to run the gangs. He used to run a lot a lot of the gangs. So and he had the majority share of the gangs before Bumpy came out. Before Bumpy went to prison, and when he came out, so or before he came out, so when Bumpy came out and saw him on the opposite side, on on Dutch's side, he's like what are you doing over there? But then there came a point where the police was just like military, just not treating them enough, um, good enough, you know? And you saw that the police, once they started, once the police came over into Dutch's camp, this person, this black guy turned around and said, have you killed any black people today? And then, or beat up any black people today? And the police turned around to him and looked at him and said, have you? Which goes to say, it's a lot about the character that was going on. So this this storytelling in it is quite good. Like I said, it was it was on point because Bumpy was this kind of character, and um, the police, even the police officer, Dutch, the characters in this were quite well fleshed out. But like I said to you, anyway, I'm going I'm going off topic because the film is that good. The resilience and the adaptability of Bumpy Johnson in this film outstanding he you, you can see it but you know that because this is based on um on the life of somebody you know that he had to really overcome adversity despite facing like like racism he was put in prison he had to come out there was like a lot of people getting killed and he had to really strategically think his way through a lot of things you saw that he overcame adversity in a way that like it didn't touch him as much because even though it was hard and even though like 
even though he had to really focus his life in a certain way that even when his woman left, he had to make sure he had his, his head on his shoulders before anything bad happened. So um, this is where you have to think about how he was thinking strategically. Now, in the film, you see that he loved he loved chess. And chess is a, one of those games that I grew up with as a child. I remember somebody taught me the rules of chess and I tried to follow it and I tried to play it every now and again. Especially with the boy now, he's he's every now and again he wants to challenge me, and I, I show him. You know what I mean? You can't just come in here and just learn how to play chess and then feel like you're gonna beat me straight away. There's more to it than what you you're saying, so you have to know what you're doing. And so you you kind of like even somebody yesterday actually, somebody before us before I even watched the film yesterday and started to put my notes together, somebody said to me like, "How can you?" How do you um, relate the game of chess to your life right now? And so uh, my answer to it was, you have to know what you're able to like do. So you have to know the rules, yeah? And you have to know what you're able, capable of doing. Each, each piece on the board has to know what they're capable of doing. And then you have to know exactly what you're going to give to the other side. So what are you, what are you willing to like give up? You know what I mean? There's another word for it which is escaped my head. It's an easy word. And this happens to me every now and again. But it, it's it's that thing where you have to give something up to get something. You know, so once you get to the other side of the board, you, one of your pieces can become a, a queen or a king or something like that. You A queen or, yeah, become queen. So you have to get through the adversity to get to the other side to become what you have to become. And so in this... I'm seeing a lot of the rules of chess being played out in this, in the life of Bumpy Johnson in this film. And so the strategic thinking he was known for is like, it's like the ability to plan ahead. So you have to think two or three steps ahead. What if I do this, this is what happens. If somebody comes over here, this is what should, this is what the play should be. You know, and you see that a lot with, um, American football but American football is too fast paced and the person playing chess is a person sat on the sideline but it's it's that same kind of thing but at the same time with chess there's, it's very methodical you know who, what your people can do and plan ahead for it and so therefore you're you're thinking two three steps ahead you know so just looking at that once again strategic and understanding the consequences you have to know what you're going to give up so his involvement in illegal activities like also demonstrated the need to comprehend the potential consequences of his actions. And so you see that when it came to the consequences of his actions, he knew that if I make this step here, I know they're going to fight back over here and prepare for that fight back. And not everybody does that. Not everybody sits back and thinks about what's going to happen after they make a certain move. When you're in your workplace, you're supposed to think, what happens once I make this move? What's the consequences of my actions? If I don't act, if I do act, if you're at work, if you're at home, if I do act, if I do do these things, or if I don't do these things, what will happen? What will be the outcome? What will be the thing that will have the effect on my family, on my friends, on the community, on my workplace, is thinking about all those things. You have to think about these things. And I, these are things that I think about on a daily basis, especially at my workplace. My workplace, is, it can be like, 
it is very busy. And so when I do or don't do something, there's, a, there's something that happens. There's an action or reaction that happens. And so you think about this and because of this, this is where you see Bumpy Johnson, he had to learn from his mistakes. Like his life wasn't without the setbacks, but he learned from his mistakes. And it emphasized that you have to grow, you have to have that growth mentality and that, that ability for self-improvement. You can't sit in the same way and be the same way all the time. You have to have this thing where you're improving yourself. And you see this with Bumpy in the film that he actually had to become a negotiator. And so he started to negotiate things through through um, first through Queen, through the Queen. And then on his own when he had to negotiate things with um, Lucky. Lucky was that that main big gangster that came in and just wiped off the, the board at the, the table. So he, he knew how to play the things, but he had to negotiate first. He had to think, oh, listen, I will give you this if you give me that. And it it set a whole bunch of things into action. So he knew that once I did this, this these are the consequences from this, that Dutch is actually going to see and hear about this. When he hears about this, this is going to be his reaction. And this would cause another reaction over here and... This is why I love the film. The film, like, I had to watch it just to, like, remember. And then as I watched it, I was like, yo, this could be the next the next thing I'm, I'm going to do. Even though I had a, a strict plan for what I was going to do in regards to the um, my podcast, this had to take precedence. I had to move this up on, the, um, on my things to do list. So I'll, I'll put this straight up there. But, yeah, it's one of those films where... Um, yeah, it's amazing. I, I I love this film. And even though it's an old film, it's one of the films that I can watch again and again. So anyway, you see that he's used his negotiation skills. And you see that also he he was loyal. He was very loyal to Queen. You know, he was committed to his like the people that he was with in his gang. And even to to the brotherhood of black people, to like even at the end, you saw that he went and talked to the guy that was on the other side, uh, the black guy that was on the other side, and said, "Listen, this is what you used to do, and this is what this is what I want, and this is what we, what should align with you," because they weren't treating that guy properly. Even that, listen, God, that this piece really gets to me. So there's a part in it where, like, um, the black guy who's working on Dutch's side. He is there and he has a, a fight with the police officer. Now, the police officer is white. And he, he goes, listen, I, I'm not taking no more N-word from you. Yeah. And then the police officer says it. And then Dutch jumps in the middle and says, listen, both of you need to shut up. We don't want no more of this rubbish. Both of you just shut up. Yeah. And then afterwards, when you think it's it's settled, Dutch makes a, a, a case out of him and says, in actual fact, here, take my scraps. And he did it in front of the police and take the scraps of the policeman and take home for your family. Don't be like, don't be all proud about it. Just come and take the scraps and take it home. And India had to thank, and, and the black guy had to thank him in front of the police officer and then got off, you know. And it was kind of like, even though he squashed the fight and it was squashed, he still had to make a point. So what I'm trying to say to you is that like I just didn't like that. <laughs> I think that's what I was really trying to say is that I really didn't like that part of it because it it showed how 
things were back in the day. And I've experienced racism. I've experienced it to like a, a, a bad degree, a really bad degree. Um, but I don't think I could, like taking that thing where you have to actually accept it for what it is and carry on with your life. I, I don't know if I could ever uh, go through that. Uh, unless I was in certain circumstances and even then it's like because of the way things are now you won't I won't find that right now so it's hard for me to say how I would even react or act in them situations but I just know that that was a deep situation I don't know how he even got through that but yeah I mean the, the loyalty of Bumpy to the Queen the loyalty of Bumpy to his family, the loyalty of Bumpy to his community and the loyalty of Bumpy to black people in general. It's something to be looked upon and idolized because it's it's something that you don't see often these days. I'm not trying to make no race war. I'm not saying no race is better than this and that and other. I'm just saying injustice is injustice. So it shouldn't be come down to a point where somebody's not being treated well because and justice is not being served for a certain set of people. Then that's what it's about for me. Not so much the race, but at the same time, I'm a black person. And that's the thing that I look for most. And I will also, I would defend those who are, younger than me those who are weaker than me those who are i don't know you know what i mean just just defend people generally and try and do the best for those who are in less fortunate circumstances than i am so and that's why like even me being in the um the non-profit organization field i'm 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 good with that i'm good you know i don't get me wrong yeah i know i need to make money i make money on my side but i'm just saying at the end of the day it, it, I'm always trying to help people, but at the same time, like I said to you, there has to be a loyalty. Once you once you've shown yourself as loyal, and people, to, especially to people who are going to appreciate it, then you know what the sky's the limit. And so, like you see that essentially to recognize that Bumpy Johnson's like his life, it, it contained like lessons and reflecting points. His activities were. Like he, he was doing things that were very criminal. And so I don't really glorify that side of it, you know, uh, and I don't push anybody to emulate the criminal side of his things. I, I really push people to emulate all the good side of somebody. So like I said, his over, he liked the way he overcame adversity, you know, the way he was loyal to his people, you know, his strategic thinking, those things there. Those are the things that you're really supposed to look at. You're supposed to really watch and emulate from people's lives. And so there's other things. I mean, nobody's good all the way good. Yeah, nobody. Even people that you think are angels, they're not all the way good. They've got some deep secret down inside where, which makes them, even though their, their thoughts may be or their decision making and stuff like that may be pure. But there's always a human element to everybody. So not everybody's right. Not everybody's good. Not everybody's trying to do the best thing they can. Everybody's trying to do things for themselves and defend themselves. And what I'm trying to say to you is that struggle that you find on a day-to-day -day basis of people trying to do better for themselves, that's what makes people good. If you know that there's something bad about yourself that you do or something that you 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 have, or there's a thought you have or there's something, even if you don't realize that you have a bad thought or you have bad things or bad intentions or you don't know, but everybody's good for themselves. 
and nobody actually realizes that they're actually got a bad side in them. Some people know. So the people that know they have a bad side to them, I think that's better than somebody that doesn't know. You see at the end of the film that Bumpy, throughout the film, Mr. Bumpy say, you know, what? I'm not going into church. I don't mess up with, I don't go in his house. He don't come in mine. Yeah, because he's saying that about God. And so what you see is at the end, he ends up going into church because his cousin was killed. So he went into the funeral to see that funeral, ends up crying and stuff like that. But what I'm trying to say is that he knew his bad side and he, he had a time where he, think, he thought he had to go in and do something about that bad side. And so what I'm trying to say is for you, you have to know what is good and what is bad. If you've got something that's bad or that's something that's not so good within you, you might need to deal with it. And that's where you need to have like a, a, a mindset where you can improve that growth mindset. You have to improve. If you don't have a growth mindset, you've got a set mindset. And that mindset is not really going to help you to grow. You need to be flexible, adaptable. So I say this to you guys and I hope that like this will help you guys in any way, shape or form. But please, I want you to think about what's good in your life and what's bad and what can you do about it. Hey guys, my name is Craig Clark and welcome to the Driven Podcast. I'm here as a life coach and motivational speaker and I will be using my special tool set to transform your life every Wednesday. You can find me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker. Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. I'll be giving you hints and tips as well as doing interviews to give you guys the best info to take your life to the next level. So if you're walking, working, driving or listening as you relax, please, please, please enjoy.